Morning, Miss Evelyn. Good morning, Joe B. How are you this morning? I'm fine, and you? Good, good. This is daylight savings time Sunday morning, but it doesn't affect us here in Arizona. No, we just stay on the same old time all the time. <laughs> Makes it easy for us senior citizens. We don't have to set clocks or anything like that. We're the retired rotors, and uh, our mission goal is to travel to the United States and Describe our travels to other retirees. We both retired from successful careers, and we moved. We're from Southern Illinois. We moved to North Carolina to San Diego, and settled in Mesa, Arizona, to be near family and enjoying the retired life. And the uh, pandemic hit and drove us inside. So we've been broadcasting and traveling in our minds. CBS Sunday Morning this morning. Anything jump out? Oh, a lot of things. I just remember the last one or one or two. Well, that's the reason I gave our mission <laughs> statement. We are retired rotors. Can you remember any movie that uh, stands out as a child that uh, kind of yes. gave you nightmares? Yes. House of Wax. It was in black and white. I don't remember too much about it, except it just freaked me out because they had them that they were real bodies and they covered them with wax or some crazy something like that. So that was the scariest one for me. I really don't like scary movies, but I thought when they, they tallied up, you know, the percentage of people who liked them or didn't, I figured it would be overwhelming that people liked them and it wasn't. And I thought, well, I'm not too bad then because I don't really like them because I have a tendency to dream about them. And then it's, uh, you know, I mean, I even shut my eyes sometimes when we see a movie now and there's some really dreadful thing happening in it because I don't want my mind to have that picture, that physical picture. <clears throat> because when I go to bed then, my mind goes crazy when I lay down. It just, everything from the all day long goes through it or maybe the last thing that was said before I went to bed just keeps in my mind. I don't want that picture to flash because I will dream about it. And I'm getting a picture in my mind now. Snakes, that's always been a bad one for me. I really didn't like the idea this morning, too, that they are talking about dreams don't have anything to do with your life. I don't believe that at all. Nor do I. I think yeah. dreams are a uh, way of handling subconsciously those things that are really bothering you. Yeah, because, I mean, if you have a dream one time about something, fine, or about somebody, fine. But if you have had, over your 80 years of life, a reoccurring dream that really has nothing to do with anything, or any time during your life that you have that dream, and then every once in a while the same dream comes along, or the next page of the dream, the next story, it's along the same line, but it's like it was another time. I've had those like crazy, so I don't even buy it that... Dreams don't have a meaning. Whenever I was in my most productive years as a salesman, and I had to pick up my satchel every morning and go out and start making cold calls, I used to have this reoccurring dream where I was in a setting, usually a restaurant, and there were several people in that restaurant, and I would be totally nude, <laughs> darting back and forth from place to place, and None of the people ever 
indicated that they saw me at all, but I was darting back and forth trying to find something to hide myself or getting someplace that was safe. And I concluded after several years of having that dream, it was simply my subconscious trying to work out the fact that I had to leave the house every morning and start making those cold calls. And I knew that if I didn't make sales, you know, you and I were in trouble financially. So I believe that was uh, my subconscious working out the stress and situation and the challenges I was having at that time. Myself as a person, I have a tendency to push down things that bother me way, way down into my subconscious. And I think Dreams are a way that they come to the surface. You're always trying to ignore agonizing thing. Um, I think it's just a way of maybe making you face something or realize something that, you know, and possibly change in your daily life that I just think it's a window to your subconscious is what I think. Whenever we had uh, the uh, master's program in San Diego, that's one of the chapters we had was what do dreams actually mean? And, you know, I concluded that they, they are your subconscious working while you're asleep. Another feature on the uh, Sunday morning was Josh and Roxanne Rossi, the photographer who uh, decided uh, to take pictures of kids and uh, memorialize them by making them uh, heroes. Some of our grandchildren love to dress up as the heroes of today. It makes them happy. So you know someone who has some sort of disadvantage in learning makes them feel just so good. Nothing would make them feel any better than seeing themselves. I love that. Then he ended up finding a terminally ill child, turning that child's latter days into something really special. And he and Roxanne uh, concentrated on terminally ill children. Yes. It was a beautiful session this morning. At the same time, the photographer Steve Cummings was traveling around the country and actually would go into abandoned buildings and abandoned houses and take pictures. And he said he was documenting America as uh, it really is. He calls it America Decay. I couldn't understand how he was finding these houses that looked like they did. I mean, like people had just walked out. Everything was still in there. Because you know how people are, you know, it doesn't sound nice, but how people are with, they find something like that. I mean, kids would go on and take things. Grown-ups would go on and and take things so that. And um, he only mentioned one house where he had gone to and had photographed it. And when he went back sometime later, he could tell that people had been in there and practically cleaned it out. Yeah, he's serving 4 to 20 for breaking and entering. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it was a great feature. Mike Mason was the fourth in command of the uh, FBI Mm. and retired. And then he suddenly realized what a lot of people do whenever they retire. They find themselves worthless, and psychologically, it's a terrible situation. Don't you know, on the high level that he was living his life day to day, to come in and sit down on the front porch like it showed him, his days were long. But I thought it was beautiful that he found in one of the most simplest things you could do and drive a bus. But I noticed that he was driving a bus with uh, handicapped children, children that had a need. If you had a child and you were going to place it on a bus, it's scary enough to let your child ride a bus to school. 
it would be for me to have one with, you know, with a little help and compassion to know that this guy is driving your child back and forth would be a great feeling of relief, really help your day as well as the child's day. So it was really great that he was doing it. And then he was in a position that he could um, take all the money that he, for the year and donating it to different kids' things. So, yes, that was a really beautiful story. Yeah, he was even into it to the point where he was uh, simonizing his bus, yeah. polishing it. Now, that sounds like something I would do. <laughs> I'd want to clean up my bus and make it shine, which probably made some of the other bus drivers not look too good. <laughs> I would let it rust before yeah. I washed it. Yes, you would. <laughs> Magician, Shin Lin. Oh, my gosh, that guy was amazing. And, you know, like he says, there's no magic to it. It's all sleight of hand, and he made it really crazy. And if he fooled Penn and Teller that they honestly couldn't figure out how he did it and won the competition that he was in is amazing. And I really like it that he does it to music. He doesn't say anything. He just... Because I think music makes... Everything, a drama or suspenseful or beautiful or, you know, happy or sad. So I would think I would love to see that with the music. Yeah. Changing the mood of the music changes the mood of the uh, listener. Amy Pickard had a feature about dying and getting everything in order before you die. I don't remember that at all. I must have a thing of ignoring death. What was that about? (laughs) She said you should decide whether you're going to be cremated and are buried and your loved ones needs to know that. You need to go through and get your will in place. You need to oh know where gosh. all your bank accounts are and you need to have it in writing and put into a safe place so that if one of you die, the other one will not be caught uh, with no information. And so I thought that was probably one of the most important ones because I was going to suggest to you that even though we have papers that we put together 10, 15 years ago, that we ought to get us a lawyer and, and sit down and get everything worked out so that whenever that time comes, then I say goodbye, Evelyn. <laughs> I think you made this whole thing up. Am I going to have to rewind that? <laughs> See, I'm, I'm living. You're dying. <laughs> Just, You're... I honestly do not. Who was the interviewer? Amy Pickard. I'm sorry, but I must have just put that one out of my mind. Yeah. I mean, I don't even, death didn't even ring a bell. That's what she said people do. She said 60% of the people have done nothing in preparation for their demise. Everybody's afraid to talk about it. You know, when we went to back to Illinois this last time, I was determined to talk to my siblings who are all in their 80s, Carolyn, Mary Lou, Kirby and Don, and me. Well, Joseph, you know, sometimes people are not just so honed in on their death. I mean, even though you get old and you probably, I think, I think about it, you know, to myself and wonder about things or like that or plan things in my mind. But I'm not going around talking to people about death. I think you need to get a life and stop talking about death and enjoy your life. I mean, because, you know, you are closer to death. 
than you used to be. I'm not embracing it yet. Well, she said, make sure you got your ducks in a row when oh, that does happen. I have most of it written down. I will do that. I think we could find out from our nice tax lady. Was there anything else that jumped out program this morning? Yeah, I thought that was sad. I thought, wasn't that a absolutely true story or how people will stay in a relationship for so long for so many different reasons? And you know she had to really mentally, I would think, suffer. And I also think of how many people that may be in relationships today I remember a psychologist told me that some people stay in those conditions because they are comfortable there because they know what's going to happen. They know they're going to be abused or they know this is going to happen or how they're treated. And to take that step out into unknown territory where you don't know what's going to happen, people make the choice to suffer because they understand what that is. Eventually, that has a really bad effect on your mind, your mentality, your your whole being. So that that was really sad. Was Abba, really sad. Aberdeen, the uh, former wife of Anthony Weiner, who uh, fell from grace uh, over a, had to be a psychological trigger in his mind for him to continue to do what oh. he kept doing. Yeah, to his uh, wife. And, and to his having a child, it's a shame that he evidently didn't get the help that he needed. Maybe he did, but... <clears throat> it's rounded out with the uh, musical group. It's ABBA, I think. ABBA. A-B-B-A? Yeah, I forget. I'm, I'm really bad. I have a lot of songs, and I don't know who sings them. I just know that I really love them and why I'm here. Them, they are great. And so... I had forgotten that they were the original singers and writers and producers of some of these songs. And I wrote down on my notes on my phone to maybe find an old album someplace or some music and or just, you know, get some on your uh, phone and, and listen to it again because they were great. Last night, for instance, I mean, we had worked at a wedding, Kim and Sam and I, from... Uh, well, I think Sam was there at nine o'clock in the morning, but we got there at one and we got finished at one. So we were there for 12 hours. And as the day went on, we were getting tired, moving a little slower. And then when we heard the DJ say, okay, this is the last song of the evening, it's called The Last Dance, and it starts out very slow, and it just builds up till it's just, you know, a crazy song. And uh, we found ourselves just dancing to it like crazy, like all the rest of the people on the platform, only we're over in a corner, and we're dancing, one, because this thing's over, and two, because music just does that. And we looked at each other, and I said, well, this is crazy because, one, all of a sudden, I'm not tired anymore. I feel really great. And two, I cannot remember who sung that song and made it famous. And so we got our phones out and looked it up, and it was Donna Summer, the rock and roll lady. That's what I mean. I don't, I don't remember who sings songs. 
and then you hear them on the radio or something, you say, oh my gosh, that's, it's amazing how music can brighten your day or make you sad or, I love music. So you know what we're going to do now? Play some music? We're going to rewind Sunday morning, CBS, and we're going to find Amy Pickard's segment <laughs> and play it because you watched it with me just not more than 10 minutes ago. Okay. And uh, then we're going to follow, uh, maybe follow some of her suggestions, maybe, do you think? Maybe I'll recognize her face when she comes on. <laughs> but I honestly don't remember it. That's all part and parcel of being the retired rotors, son. <laughs> As we travel through America describing our ventures and our travel, and uh, yeah, a, maybe I should get uh, started on that while my mind is a little clear. Start on what? <laughs> Start on what? Start on what? Uh, uh, our our death bed benefits. <laughs> okay, you remember that now, Joe? We will sign off on our will, and we'll say, "I I leave a dirty domani." Domani, you're funny. <laughs> Okay, bye. Lo love you, darling. Love you, too. So long. Have a good one. What's your name? Amy Pickard. No, not her name. I said, what's your name? Oh. Who are you? My name is... My, my mind is gone. My name is Shen Penn. Okay, okay. bye. I see you. I love you, hon. <laughs> love you, too.